Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
I definitely wanted to say good morning to every one of you. Good morning, champions, and thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Uh, well, my segment, as you know, always deals with technology, leadership, and communication. And today, oof, today we have a real treat. We've been talking about reverse engineering a legend, and today, we have such a legend, especially the one minute legend. So since we only have until the top of the hour because Brad will take over at seven, I'm gonna highly encourage all of you to share your comments in the chat. And if we have time in the end, we'll take a question or two, but I think we should really listen in on Suki and Ken as they talk about Ken's journey to where he is today. Um, and even when he redid the book for the one minute manager, right? Like all of these things are, I think what we wanna hear. So I am going to pass the mic over to Suki and uh, Ken. Suki, you can take over from here and we will listen in on your conversation. Go for it. Thank you so much, Dora Marie. Um, I feel the things that happened to me 41 years ago was I met the most incredible individual that I've ever met in my life. And his name is Ken Blanchard. And we just sat and had something to eat for lunch and came a long, long time friend. And take over to talk about who he is and how he used God life to really be a servant leader. Uh, let me share a little bit about him. His passion was to be a servant leader to everyone. He's a servant leader because he spent many, 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 many years for a lifetime looking at groundbreaking research, but from not just a leadership, but from his soul. He's who takes time to uh, show what he has and share his skills to people before they even tell him. And he volunteers to help them and give them what he what they really need. He is co-founder, spiritual officer of the Ken Blanchard Companies. Um, he started his business with his wife, Margie Blanchard, established in 1979 in San Diego, California. And that's where his company is. And I met him in 1981. He is impacted by the uh, books he has written. His very first was the one minute manager that he wrote with Spencer Johnson, 65. He has a new one. But I want him to give you all of what he knows from just being a wonderful mentor, a wonderful teacher, a wonderful business executive, but someone who really, really lives soul. And I'm here to present Ken Blanchard. Ken, if you unmic, the uh, room is all yours. Uh, Suki, how are you today? Can Let's you see, I can. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. 
this is wonderful well, opportunity for me to give back to you because you've given me so much over the last 41 years. Well, it's interesting, Suki. I was listening to the program <clears throat> before about setting goals and vision and going for things. And, you know, one of the things I uh, always believe is that in many ways, life is what happens to you when you're planning on doing something else. Uh, so let me just say, while you're working on a goal or a thing, keep your head up, though, because opportunities might come that want you to go into a different uh, uh, direction. It's uh, really interesting. Uh, when I was in graduate school, my teachers said that if I wanted to be at a university, I should be an administrator because I couldn't write. Uh, and uh, so uh, I kind of said, well, I guess that's the, the, the cry. And so my first job, I was an administrative assistant to the dean of the business school at Ohio University, Harry Everts. And when I got there, he said, Ken, I want you to teach a course. And I had never thought about teaching a course because if you don't publish in academia, you perish, you know. And he said, I don't care anything about that. I want you to teach a course. And so uh, Paul Hersey had just arrived as the chairman of the management department. He put me in his department and said, teach a basic management course, which wasn't a problem for me because I had done my doctoral dissertation on Fred Fiedler, who was the first leadership theorist. And uh, uh, as I started to teach, I just loved it. And I came home and I said to my wife, Margie, you know, this is what I ought to be doing. And she says, well, what about the writing? I said, well, I don't know. We'll work out something. And I had heard Hersey taught a great leadership course. So I asked him if I could sit in his course the next semester in leadership. And he said, nobody orders my course. You want to take it for credit, you're welcome. And he walked away. I thought that's interesting. I had a PhD and he didn't. And he wants me to take his course for credit. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but uh, I did. And I wrote the papers and all and in June. 68, he comes into my office and he said, Ken, I've been teaching leadership for 10 years. I think I'm better than anybody. Uh, and they want me to write, write a textbook. And writing isn't really my big uh, forte. He said, I've been looking for a good writer like you. Would you be willing to co-author it with me? <laughs> and I laughed and I said, we should be quite a team. You're not supposed to write and I, you know, I'm not supposed to either. And so we ended up writing a textbook called Management of Organizational Behavior utilizing human resources. I think it's in its 10th edition now, sells more to data than it did in the 60s. And I went to the dean and I said, I quit my job as administrator. I'm going to be a, a teacher. I've got a book coming out. He said, you can't quit. I said, why not? He said, because I was going to fire you. I said, really? He said, yeah, because you're a lousy administrator, which I was. <laughs> so I became a full-time uh, teacher. And so it's uh, it's really interesting how life, uh, life goes. And I was... Uh, invited to a cocktail party by Adelaide Brie, who wrote visualizations, directing the movies of your mind. And she decided to have an author's uh, meeting in San Diego, a, a dinner thing with uh, authors in town. And I got ex invited because I had this textbook. And my wife, Margie, met Spencer Johnson. And, and he wrote with his wife children's books, the Value Tales series, the value of courage, the value of believing in yourself. And uh, Jackie Robinson and Helen Keller and and all and so uh, my wife hand carried him over and she said you guys should write a, uh, a leadership book f uh, a children's book for leaders they won't read anything else <laughs> and so Spencer and I started to work together he had, was working on a one minute scolding on how to discipline kids and we decided he said 
forget that, you know, because he said in a session I did, he said, let's do the one minute manager. And, and somehow we came up with three secrets, goal setting, praisings and reprimands, the three secrets to being a great manager. And we came out with that book in uh, Labor Day 1982. And we're on the Today Show and went on the bestseller list the next week and never went off for about three years. And so suddenly I'm, <laughs> I'm an author. So life, Buzuki, is what happens to you when you're planning on doing something else. You got to keep your head up looking for opportunities. Hello? No, this is a wonderful opportunity for people to understand what you're doing, what you're doing now, and maybe some, uh, I have to say, some little um, nuggets that they can take with them uh, to understand how to actually manage from their soul. Well, I tell you, you know, Suki, if somebody said, I'm going to take everything away, Blanchard, from you, you've been taught for over 40 years, but one concept, what would you hold on to? And I think it's the second secret of the woman and manager that the key to being a great leader is to wander around and catch people doing things right and give them a one minute praising. So often people, when they see their boss or supervisor come, they think they're in trouble. Uh, what if you wandered around and see if you could catch people doing things right and, and make sure that when you set goals with them, that they're observable and measurable. So you can go and say, gee, I, I'm looking here. Boy, this is going well. You know, good on you. You know, I appreciate your effort and and uh, and uh, cheer them on, you know, and I think it's so important. So often uh, people get negative feedback, you know, rather than positive feedback. And, and how can you support people and encourage people, you know? And that's what I think is great about you, Suki. You're person who encourages other people. And I think that's why we hit it off 40 years ago, because a couple of encouragers had a meal together. <laughs> that that might be true. One of the things that happened, um, I work with doctoral students, and I was actually teaching a class at National University of University here in San Diego. And um, I put in a call to, to uh, Ken, and he calls me back. And he said, oh, what's happening? And I said, well, I've got a student and she's doing a dissertation on servant leadership. He doesn't wait. He says, tell me the student's name. What's her address? I'll send her my book. I just finished a book on servant leadership. And every once in a while that happens to me. It's kind of like he's there. He knows before I ask. I was just telling him what was going on. So being a good listener is part of Ken's whole self to be able to understand and to hear from their soul, not necessarily from their mouth. Well, I think the key, Suki, is of servant leadership is it's, it's about we, not me. You know, so often leaders think it's all about them. They think all the brains are in their office and all. But uh, as you interact with people, whether they work with you directly and all, first of all, listen. What, what are they talking about? How hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. 
five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. How can you help? Uh, it's, it's not about you, it's about we. Uh, and keep on uh, reaching out to see if you can make a difference in other people's lives. Can you give me an example of something that you've done in your business that um, you you had a, I don't know, a, 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 an idea about and you wanted to do it and it ended up that, uh, I have to say, God or your soul wanted you to change direction and that that worked out better? Well, I think you, you constantly have to look at what you're doing, but, but remember that we got a partner in the good Lord. Uh, and uh, so don't just think <clears throat> you're alone, but constantly say to him, am I heading in the right direction? Is there something else that we uh, should, be, uh, should be doing? And so Margie and I constantly are trying to listen. I mean, it was really interesting, Suki. I, uh, we, when we were on sabbatical leave, we ran into a group called the Young Presidents Organization, YPO, and you have to become president of your company before you're 40 years old. And in those days, have at least uh, 5 million in sales and 50 people working for you. And, and I did a couple of sessions for, for one of their conferences. And, and they said, what are you going to do at the end of the year? We're on a one-year sabbatical leave. We're going back to the university. They said, no, you're not. So what do you mean? You know, you're going to start your own company. We said, we can't even balance our own checkbook. How are we going to do that? We can't even spell the word entrepreneur. How are we going to do that? They said, we're going to help you. And five presidents, uh, one from San Diego, one from Oregon, one from Illinois, one from Pennsylvania, one from Mexico City, volunteered to be our advisory board uh, and uh, and help us. And so we, we thought we were going back to the university. I was a full professor with tenure. You know, and all of a sudden these people said, no, you're not. You're going to start your own company. And uh, so <laughs> Margie and I said, well, if that's what you think we ought to do, let's give it a try. And that's, you know, some 40 you know, more years ago, you know, and we're got about 250 people working with us and 60 million in sales. And so with offices around the world. And so life is really what happens to you when you're planning on doing something else. But be open. <clears throat> Don't be stuck. Uh, on what you decided to do. With it, within that concept, can I ask you, um, most of your beginning books that you wrote were on management. What prompted you to write about um, uh, servant leadership and how did you get connected with that? Because you've the new book that's out is uh, related to servant leadership. Yeah, the new book is called The Simple Truths of Leadership, uh, 52 Ways to Become a Servant Leader and Build Trust. And I wrote it with Randy Conley, who's an expert on trust. And and the, it's a neat little book because on one side, it has a concept, you know, like, uh, you know, catch people doing something right. And the next page tells you why that's important. And at the bottom, it says how to take... Uh, make common sense, common practice. And there's 26 on servant leadership and 26 on uh, on trust. And the way I got involved with servant leadership is I 
was teaching at the university at, at Ohio University after I decided that's what I was going to do. And, and Robert Greenleaf came for a weekend. He was a, a friend of the president of Ohio University, and I got to spend some time with him. And he was the kind of considered the modern day father of uh, servant leadership. And and uh, and so I got really kind of fascinated uh, uh, by it, you know. And uh, and then I got to be on the Hour of Power with Robert Schuler, And he said, Ken, I love uh, the one-minute manager, but you know who's the greatest one-minute manager of all time? I said, who's that? He said, Jesus. I said, really? He said, yeah. Uh, he was uh, the greatest one-minute manager because he was really clear on goals. Isn't that your first secret one-minute goal thing? I said, yeah. He said, you and Tom Peters didn't invent you know, management by wandering around Jesus. Did he wander around? You know, caught people doing things right and praised them and all. Isn't that your second secret one-minute praising? Yeah. And he said, if people stepped out of line, he wasn't afraid to give them a one-minute reprimand. He threw the money lenders out of the temple. And so I started to read the Gospels and just was blown away because everything I had ever thought about leadership or taught about leadership, Jesus did with these 12 incompetent guys that he hired. I mean, you wouldn't have hired that lot. And <laughs> it turned out to be a, a great leader. So we have a Lead Like Jesus ministry in addition to our company, that's so it's a worldwide ministry on teaching people how to be servant leaders, and that's all the uh, the elements that came together for me to say, "Wow, the only way to get great results and great human relations is with servant leadership, where it's not about you, it's about we." So it's a combination of integrating what they know with what you know and really listening to them so that together you can accomplish whatever task you have to accomplish that's that's true you know and you know when i talk Sugi, to people initially about servant leadership a lot of times they think i'm talking about the inmates running the prison or trying to please everybody or some kind of religious movement they don't understand there's two aspects of servant leadership the leadership aspect is about vision you know, uh, direction, values, goals. And, and we were talking about that before I got on about the importance of setting a vision and, and goals and all. And that's the role of the hierarchy. It doesn't mean you don't involve your people, but if your people don't understand what they're being asked to do and what good behavior is, then shame on you because the leadership aspect is something that you got to take care of. Once that's taken care of, now you turn the traditional pyramid upside down and you work for your people. Your job is to help them win. Your job is to uh, bring out the best in them. And this is where the we really kicks in. So it's uh, it's really exciting to, to see the difference. And, and people say, well, who uses servant leadership and and uh, and all? And, and only the best companies that I know of, you know, the, the Nordstrom's and the uh, Wegmans and, and the grocery business and the Southwest Airlines in the airline business and Synovus and financial services and Disney and entertainment, you know, they all train their people with we rather than me. That's incredible. And I really appreciate that share. Um, what ha happened as I listened is I realized that that's what I do with the children. They actually become the teachers for me. And I learned from them. And so together they end up learning to read, which is really powerful. Um, we're almost uh, 10 minutes 
uh, out and I wanted to ask um, if anybody has any questions for Ken. This is a, a good time to do it. And if we um, have more questions than our 10 minutes, um, he has agreed to come back for a part two uh, when it's convenient. Um, but in the meantime, I would love to have somebody, um, uh, you know, flash their mic and I'll call on them or, um, or you can, uh, we want to ask Ken questions. I'm going to jump in. Um, Dr. So Suki, Ken, it's Pastor Jeff talk. and I have a question. Okay. Go ahead, Candice. I, okay, it's Dora Maria, it's not Candace. Okay, um, so Ken, what inspired you to rewrite the One Minute Manager? Like what what were the inspiration there to redo it? Well, one of the things that over the years, things had changed and, and when the One Minute Manager was uh, initially written, it was really a, a kind of a top-down thing. In other words, it was the manager that the, uh, kind of led the goal setting. It was the manager decided who to praise and all that. And what we've really found with the young people is they don't like top-down leadership. They have they like what we call side-by-side -side leadership. And so we made the the uh, new one-minute manager much more side-by-side, -side, and we changed the one-minute reprimand to one-minute redirects, which is much more of a uh, collaborative uh, kind of thing than uh, than than reprimanding people. And so it's a uh, uh, today, people uh, are more and more into we rather than me. All right, awesome. And I know we have a queue already. Uh, TM, you're next, Jeff, after, and then Michael. Go ahead, TM. Hey, good morning. Thank you, Dr. Suki and Ken, for this conversation. I have used, I have read, I have distributed the One Minute Manager um, along my career path. And so thank you for the resource. Um, it, it's been outstanding over the years and, and growing teams and managing teams. But how long have you actually um, practiced the, the concept of servant leadership, Ken? Because servant leadership, uh, I think I probably got into maybe 15 years ago. And I think it's helped me tremendously in my career and in my approach um, with individuals and teams. And so how long have you been practicing servant leadership? Well, I'd, I'd say probably about at least the last 20 years, you know, and after I met Robert Greenleaf and started to really realize the power of the we versus uh, me. And so it makes all the, the, the difference in all. And so that's what we've used in building our company. Our son, Scott, now is the president of our company and our daughter, Debbie, heads up our marketing department and Margie's brother, who was born when she was a freshman at Cornell, he's our CEO. And uh, Scott's uh, wife, Madeline, has headed up all, all of our coaching business. So it's a family-run business, but it's a we rather than me uh, approach. Thank you so much, and, and thank you for uh, all that you've contributed uh, to uh, so many people over the years. Well, thank you. God bless you. All right, thanks. Jeff, you're next. Michael, and then Ify. Thank you, Dora Maria, and thank you, Dr. Suki, for all that you do. And next time I'm in San Diego to see my mom, I will definitely look you up. Ken, greatly appreciate you, and I also have the One Minute Manager. I have two very quick questions. The first one is, what's the greatest book you haven't published yet? And the second is, what would happen when the One Minute Manager meets the lifetime service? This is Pastor Jeff. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> well, the, the greatest book I haven't published this I'm working on now with my son, Scott, and uh, the kind of working title is a, a Leadership Legacy. It's a family affair. 
and it's all about what he's learned from me and what I've learned from him. He's 57 uh, years old, and so it's kind of sharing the best that we've learned from each other, and it's really exciting. It's a, uh, He's going to be the senior author because it's kind of leg his legacy. Uh, I recently celebrated the uh, 60, 62nd anniversary of my 21st birthday, so I might not be around forever. Uh, but the Congratulations. It's <laughs> a special occasion. What was the second question? I think you had a second part of your question, but I. Yeah, the second part of the question was what happens. I think he wanted to, yeah, what happens when the one minute manager runs into the uh, a lifetime servant leader or something like that? Yeah, what happens when the lifetime, I'm when the one minute manager meets the lifetime servant? Well, you know, in many ways, it's the woman and manager is servant leadership in action because uh, what is the leadership part of, of servant leadership? Well, woman at goal setting, being really clear on what, what, where, you, where you're headed and all. And then once that's clear, now you turn the pyramid upside down and get to the servant part and you're wandering around catching people doing things right. If it's not going quite as well, you kind of say to them, gee, I've been looking here. This isn't quite moving the direction we wanted. How can I help you? Is there anything I can do? It's a one minute redirect. Uh, and uh, so it's really servant leadership in action. All right, awesome. Michael? Good morning, everybody. Um, I just wanna, I don't really have a question, but I do have a, uh, a, a comment um, just to validate, not that he needs validation, but uh, I, I've never met uh, you can, but I'm very, very good friends with Mark Newland, and um, I know how you've walked alongside Mark, uh, especially during the time where he lost his wife, Kim, and uh, he talks about you all the time, and so I just, pretty much for the group, just here's a guy who's writing books, but um, his life absolutely parallels with what he's writing, and, and for me, that that uh, brings credibility into a place. There's, you know, some people that are, are really good at speaking and writing, and if their lives don't back it up. But uh, from what I've uh, watched with your relationship with Mark Moo and Ken, um, uh, you definitely back up what you write. Well, I, I appreciate that. And Mark's uh, wife, Kim, <coughs> was one of the most amazing uh, women that I've ever met, person I've ever uh, met. And she uh, <coughs> every day is, was writing little uh, blurbs to get people pumped up and and all that kind of thing. And so uh, when when Kim passed away, uh, Mark Mark was, of course, really down. And so I tried to be there for him. And he's a fabulous guy, and he's continuing that wonderful uh, ministry. <coughs> awesome. Ify, you're up next. Oh, thank you so much. What a pleasure to walk in the room and see you there. Okay, and it's amazing. I'm a big raving fan. Excuse the pun. Um, my question is, um, uh, well, first of all, I've read your book cover to cover for, for the last decade, and I've really took a lot away from raving fans. It's, I've really used it in my life massively. My question is, is when you write a book, like you've wrote so many, over 60 books, and they are you you're using universal laws and things that really you can use anytime how do you decide which ones you're going to go back and rewrite or update 
how do you make that decision? Because you've got so many great books. How do you choose which one you think right now needs to be updated and pushed back out there for people? Well, I listen to the people who say, God, this is really good. But have you thought about this, you know, or you thought about that? Oh, that's interesting. You know, maybe we ought to take a, take a look at that. You know, you'll get a kick out of it. My mother used to say to me, Ken, why don't you write a book by yourself? I've written over 65 books and I've only written two by myself. One on golf. So many people helped my golf game. I didn't know who to write it with. And then my spiritual journey, I didn't think I could co-author that. But uh, so I constantly am in touch with my co-author and saying, you know, is there anything we ought to do to update this? What are you hearing about it? So it's that whole concept of listen, listen, listen. Wow. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Back to you, Dora Maria. Oh, this is excellent. And I'm so gung-ho, no pun intended there, that you agreed to come back because just like that, we're almost at the top of the hour. And I just want to give these last two minutes for you and Suki to make any last comments um, and before we hand over to Brad. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us here and for agreeing to come back. Um, any last comments? Um, I know we have about 30 seconds. Well, I, I just wanted to thank Ken and um, t tell him that I feel so blessed today because I get to give back to him today. And um, if people are interested, um, uh, I wanted to say that he has a, a, a actual URL with a list of all of his books and you can look at them. I really um, think that several of the people that I know need to buy his books on the um he's got a couple on um managing with jesus and being a manager in jesus way and so to look through would be just for me and then his brand new book is out today and um i, I don't think today it's just out uh, i think it came uh, a while ago but is there anything last that you would like to share Ken and would you be willing to come back yes I'd be willing to come back and let me just leave you all with one thought life is a very special occasion don't miss it so when you get up every day say wow this is another day I wonder what I can do to make a difference in somebody else's life Woo, gratitude yes oh my goodness thank you so much again we are looking forward to having you back Christina, again, uh, Howard, thank you so much for making this happen. Uh, Suki had reached out to me and we were just playing phone tag back and forth and uh, your interception uh, really just helped us uh, solidify the date and time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.